and we begin tadabbur. Tadabbur, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, and I want to concentrate on this more, because I think this is where the ummah has a bigger problem with regards to. It's the concept of tadabbur. Tadabbur, as I said earlier, is that concept attached to deliberating and pondering over the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the ayat that exist in this book. If we analyze the ummah today, we see that alhamdulillah from them are those that memorize the Qur'an. And from them are those that recite the Qur'an. And from them are those that listen to the Qur'an. And from them are those that observe all three. Walillahi alhamd. But understand that Al-Qur'an ma unzila likay yustama'u ilayhi wa faqat. وَمَا أُنزِلَ لِكَيْ يُحْفَظُ وَفَقَتْ وَمَا أُنزِلَ لِكَيْ يُقْرَأُ وَفَقَتْ This Qur'an was not revealed so that it could just be recited or that it could just be memorized or that it could just be listened to. بَلْ أُنزِلَ لِيَدَّبَّرُوا آيَاتِهِ وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَ أُلُوا الْأَلْبَابِ This Qur'an, O servant of Allah, this Qur'an, O child of Adam, the essence behind its revelation was so that yourself and myself, we could ponder over the meanings of these ayat. And so that those of understanding would remember. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book, Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A blessed book we have revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? So that they may ponder over its ayats. Ponder. And so that those of understanding will remember. Now, the question that we have to answer is how many of us are people of tadabbur? Yes, we recite. Yes, we memorize. Yes, we listen to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to its recitation. But how many of us are people of tadabbur? And to put this concept of tadabbur into perspective, I want to share with you two ayat in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first one is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنِ وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Allah says, do they not ponder over the ayat in the Qur'an? And had this Qur'an been from, come from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you would have found in it many a contradiction. And the second ayah is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Muhammad, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنِ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا And this is the more serious ayah. أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنِ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا do they not ponder over these ayat in the Qur'an or has a lock been set on their hearts? And this is what our mashayikh always tell us. That if you live your life free from tadabbur, then fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it just might be that you have a lock on your heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. What does tadabbur mean? Tadabbur refers to us reciting an ayah in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and benchmarking ourselves against the meaning of this ayah. We ask ourselves that this ayah or these ayat which I have read, it's full of commands. Where am I with regards to these commands? 
This ayah commands towards salah. Where am I with regards to my salah? This ayah warns us against certain matters. Where am I with regards to these warnings? Am I a person who lives the Qur'an? Or am I a person that does lip service to the Qur'an? This is tadabbur. This is from tadabbur. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he mentions three categories of people. Three categories of people. He says, and this is a follow-up because we, we, we mentioned the ayah in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا Right? Allah says, do they not ponder over this Qur'an or has a lock been set on their hearts? Ibn al-Qayyim says we have three types of people. The first type of person is that person who is physically alive but spiritually dead. His heart beats physically but doesn't beat spiritually. Thus this person will never benefit from any reminder. And then he says that there's another group of people and they are people who have hearts that beat physically and they have hearts that are ready to beat spiritually. But the problem is they have focused themselves in the wrong direction. Thus, they're missing the message. So it didn't benefit them. And then he said that there's a third group of people. And these are people who have hearts that beat physically as well as spiritually. So he says that the first person is a blind person who cannot see. And the second group is a group that has people that can see, but they've busied their eyesight looking in the wrong direction. So they are two, like those in the first category, in terms of benefit. And the third group of people are those who are witnesses. And remember we said we don't see things, but we witness. It is reported that Harun Rashid, once he was traveling with his contingent, and a Jew came up to him and said, Ittaqillah. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when this was said to him, he got off his mount and he immediately prostrated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So his contingent said to him that this was a Jew who told you to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why did you act in haste? He said, did you not hear where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُ أَخَذَتْهُ الْعِزَّةُ بِالْإِثْمِ he said that have you not heard where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said and when it is said fear Allah he is led by arrogance to more crime. So he read this ayah and he pondered over it and when this circumstance happened he immediately lived the Quran. It was a part of him and his life wasn't a life of lip service to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a concept of tadabbur, pondering, benchmarking yourself against the ayat that you recite. For these ayat, O servants of Allah, is either an evidence for us on the day of Qiyamah or an evidence against us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the Qur'an a companion for us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this Qur'an evidence for us. Ameen. From tadabbur, O servants of Allah, 
and O children of Adam, is recognizing lessons that are hidden within the meanings of the Qur'an. Yes, there are lessons that are hidden within the meanings of the ayat in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why you never ever become bored reading the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and pondering over it. By Allah, every time you read an ayah, if Allah opens your heart, you will learn something new. I've been blessed, walillahi alhamd, to teach Surah Yusuf many times. And by Allah, there's not a time where I teach it except that I learn a new lesson. As many times as I teach it, I learn a new lesson. Subhanallah. There are meanings in these ayats which are not apparent, but Allah opens for those people of the Dabbar. Should we share some examples? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in the Qur'an the manners, morals and etiquettes when we speak about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He teaches us this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the statements of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam described Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and said, الَّذِي خَلَقَنِي فَهُوَ يَهْدِينَ وَالَّذِي هُوَ يُطْعِمُنِي وَيَسْقِينَ وَإِذَا مَرِدْتُ فَهُوَ يَشْفِينَ وَالَّذِي يُمِيتُنِي ثُمَّ يُحْيِينَ وَالَّذِي أَطْمَعُ أَنْ يَغْفِرَ لِي خَطِيئَةِ يَوْمَ الدِّينَ This was the statements of Ibrahim alayhi salam which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about in the Qur'an. The meaning of which is, Ibrahim alayhi salam says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created me and guides me. And he is the one who feeds me and gives me drink. And when I am ill, it is he who cures me. And who will cause me to die and then bring me to life. And it is he who I aspire that he will forgive me my sins on the day of judgment. This is the meaning of the ayat shared. Now, there's nothing in this ayat or in, in these ayat recited which clearly tells us or has a title stating the mannerisms when speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when we analyze this ayat, we take a step back. Remember we said tadabbur is taking a step back. And we look at this ayat again. We see that Ibrahim alayhi salam says, it is Allah who created me, and it is Allah who guides me, and it is Allah who feeds me, and it is Allah who gives me drink. But then he says, and when I am ill, he doesn't say when Allah makes me ill. He says, and when I am ill, it is Allah who cures me. La ilaha illallah. This is tadabbur. When we analyze this, uh, these ayat, we say, subhanallah, how Ibrahim alayhi salam did not attach the attribute of him becoming sick to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree that dictates that somebody becomes sick. But sickness is not something beloved to mankind. So he used fi'il mabni lil majhul. He used the passive form of the verb and said, when I am sick or when I become sick and didn't say when Allah makes me sick. We have learned from these ayat through tadabbur, the etiquettes of speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is how we've learned from the meanings within the ayat. La ilaha illallah. How amazing is this Quran? 
Let's take another example. In Surah Al-Kahf, we read this weekly. We read this weekly. We know the famous story of Musa alayhi salam in Khidr. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Musa alayhi salam to go and find Khidr. And Khidr would teach him knowledge of the unseen. Teach him knowledge which Musa alayhi salam did not know. And we know that Khidr took Musa upon a little boat and made a hole. And then Khidr went to another place and killed a particular person. And then Khidr went to a third place and erected a wall in a city of people who refused to offer them kindness. At the end of this, when Khidr is explaining his actions, he says, such and such was done because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did such and such because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted this wall to remain erect so it could protect the wealth of the orphans so that they could attain this wealth. It is Allah who wanted. But when he talks about making a hole in this boat, he doesn't say, and Allah wanted to make this hole. He said, فَأَرَدْتُ أَنْ أَعِيبَهَا So I wanted to make a hole in it. لا إله إلا الله Because from the outset, damaging property is not something praiseworthy. Correct or not? It's not something praiseworthy. Thus he had adab in his speech with Musa regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And instead of saying, and Allah wanted to make a hole in this ship, rather he said, and I wanted to make a hole in the ship, even though he was acting upon what, upon revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why the scholars say that according to the correct opinion, Khidr was a prophet from the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he received wahi. He received wahi and wahi only goes to messengers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Do you want some more examples? Yes? Let's look at you, the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. In the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us the adab, the morals, the manners, and the etiquettes of hiding the faults of our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters. But he doesn't do it in a clear-cut ayah which says hide their faults. Rather, it's a lesson engraved within the ayat for those who practice tadabbur and those whom have those who have hearts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened to these lessons. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes a meeting between the brothers of Yusuf alayhi salam and says that they came together and they plotted to kill Yusuf alayhi salam. But what happened? Someone from amongst them said, La taqtulu Yusuf. Don't kill Yusuf. Instead, throw him into the bottom of a well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes this person by saying, قَالَ قَائِلٌ مِّنْهُمْ Someone from them said. Someone from them said. And the ulama of tafsir said that this someone was the oldest brother. The oldest brother. So here, the older brother didn't do his job as an older brother. He made a grave mistake. His actions at this particular venture should have been bringing about sensibility to the speech of his brothers who are plotting to kill Yusuf alayhi salam. Rather, 
he joined them in their plot, but didn't dissolve the matter. Rather, he turned the venture into a different direction and said, throw him into the bottom of a well. So here he didn't play his role as a bigger brother. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hides him and says, Qala qailun minhum. Someone said. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us that Allah rabbul izzati wal jalal hides the faults of people. And if this is the way of Allah, then what about your way and my way? And evidence to this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards the end of the story, when they were gathered in Egypt, after Binyamin was taken captive by Yusuf alayhi salam, and after these brothers took a qasam by Allah to their father, that they will not return except with Binyamin, and the brothers were planning to go back, here the big brother played his role, and he took a stance, and he held them back, and said, أَلَمْ تَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ أَبَاكُمْ قَدْ أَخَذَ عَلَيْكُمْ مَوْثِقًا Right? He, he tells them that, hold on a second. Do you not remember that you've taken an oath? How can you go back empty-handed? So here he played his role. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَالَ كَبِيرُهُمْ أَلَمْ تَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ أَبَاكُمْ قَدْ أَخَذَ عَلَيْكُمْ مَوْثِقًا لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Allah makes him manifest here and says, the oldest brother said. Here, he played his role. Thus Allah mentioned him. But earlier on, he didn't. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept him hidden. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. This is amazing, right? Every ayah in the Qur'an has this. Every ayah in the Qur'an has this. But for those who ponder, and for those who deliberate over the ayat in the Qur'an, we learn, just as a quick example, something that popped up in my mind from... Uh, a lesson that I learned reading Surah Yusuf once in an aircraft, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us how He values and honors the people of Tawheed. The highest form of Tawheed you possess, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala values you in a higher and greater way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Yusuf, He says, or He mentions the statement of Ya'qub alayhi salam. Ya'qub alayhi salam tells His son, وَكَذَلِكَ يَجْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ وَيُعَلِّمُكَ مِن تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ وَيُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ وَعَلَىٰ آلِ يَعْقُوبَ كَمَا أَتَمَّهَا كَمَا أَتَمَّهَا عَلَىٰ أَبَوَيْكَ مِنْ قَبْلُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْحَاقَ لا إله إلا الله Ya'qub alayhi salam tells Yusuf that the difficulties you face is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way of completing his favor upon you. Just like he completed his favor upon your grandfathers. Who? Ibrahima wa Ishaq. Now when I read this ayah, I thought to myself, subhanallah, Ishaq was Yusuf's grandfather. Ishaq was Yusuf's grandfather. Ibrahim was the great-grandfather because he was Yusuf ibn Ya'qub. Ya'qub ibn Ishaq, Ishaq ibn Ibrahim. Alayhimu salatu wassalam. So I thought to myself, subhanallah, how come Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned Ibrahim before Ishaq? When it was correct to mention Ishaq before Ibrahim because he's the closest grandparent to Yusuf alayhi salam. 
And in researching this, lo and behold, you find the statements of the ulama. That this is a lesson for those who ponder of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors the people of Tawheed. And those who have the highest form of Tawheed, they receive the first mention. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved the Tawheed of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us with him in Jannah. Ameen. So these are lessons of tadabbur or servants of Allah in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, before we leave this gathering, we must discuss two quick points. As I said yesterday, if we don't complete these talks, it becomes a point of entertainment. And we're not here to become entertained. We have come to become informed. Right? And that's why I was discussing with some people yesterday. I said you should make it a point sometimes of marketing the title of the talk and not the speaker. But they said, subhanallah, we tried that once, but only 50 people came. And another time, we just marketed the name of the speaker without the title and thousands of people came. And this is a mushkila. I said it yesterday, it's in the recording, but let me say it again for those who are not going to watch the recording. This is a mushkila, this is a problem. This channel of da'wah needs to be addressed. And we need to ponder over it and be people of tafakkur and tadabbur as well. We need to nurture the ummah to become attached to the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and not personalities. This is not Hollywood and Bollywood and, 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 and so on and so forth. This is not what it is. It is not a speaker who gives value to the message. It's the message that he has that gave value to him. And that is why he was called to speak. But what does this mean? It means respect the speaker for the knowledge that Allah gave him. But don't be excessive. Don't be excessive where you raise them to ranks of personalities. And it becomes a period of entertainment for you. May Allah protect us just like those who disbelieve go to the cinemas for entertainment on the weekend. And the whole exercise becomes an exercise void of any rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you might stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah and say, I spent my weekend at a talk learning from the inheritance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only to be told that we have lied. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Rather we went to become entertained. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And for the organizers of events, take heed. Because your actions nurture the upcoming ummah. And we don't know what will be the plight of our children after us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect the ummah from harm. Amen. Before we end this talk, two matters. The first matter that needs to be discussed is tafsir and tadabbur. This is a question I've been asked many times. Many people say, but subhanallah, we have been warned against speaking about the Qur'an without knowledge. So how can we practice tadabbur when we don't have knowledge about the Qur'an? And yes, your reservation is correct. We know that the Prophet ﷺ has taught us that those who explain the Qur'an through guesswork, they are sinful even if they are correct. Even if they are correct. So somebody asked you something and you explained it from your thoughts. Even if you are right, you are sinful. This means we need to have great diligence with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Great diligence. And this is clear. And to answer your question, we need to understand that there's a difference between tafsir and tadabbur. Tafsir is the exegesis of the Qur'an, the explanation of the Qur'an. Understanding the Qur'an as taught to us by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as he taught his companions and as they re- re- relate to us. This is tafsir. 
And for you to observe tadabbur, you have to have understood the ayah with its tafsir. Tadabbur is a stage that comes after tafsir. Thus there's no contradiction in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one should say that how can Allah tell us that our hearts are locked if we don't practice tadabbur, but we've been warned against speaking about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowledge. There's no contradiction. Tadabbur is one phenomenon and tafsir is another science altogether. Before you can start the formula and process of tadabbur, you have to understand the ayah as it's intended. Tadabbur starts after tafsir. And alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed communities with scholars, with students of knowledge, and those who can be at your service in explaining to you the meaning of ayat. So use them and then venture into your journey of tadabbur. The next point we have to discuss is what are those reasons that cause us to be from amongst the mahroom, that cause us to be from amongst those that have been prevented from understanding the deeper meanings in the Qur'an. There are many, but I'll share with you a few. I'll share with you a few. The first, which may apply to us, is the improper recitation of the Qur'an. And an improper recitation entails a few aspects. Number one, reciting it without the correct makhraj. Number two, reciting it without the correct tajweed. Number three, reciting it with an absent heart. And this happens to us. Many a time someone's reciting the Qur'an, their mobile phone rings and they stop and they answer the, the call immediately. This is, this is bad tarbiyah with the Qur'an. How is the Qur'an going to serve you and be a means of guidance for you when you don't have the respect to give it its due? Subhanallah. Right? When we eat, we don't answer the call. Some of us, when we eat, we still answer the call. But when we eat, we don't answer the call. But when we read the Qur'an, we're quick to answer. This is disrespect to the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens for us based on how much we open to the Qur'an. The value of our wudu, the value of our sitting, us understanding exactly what we're reading. This is kalamullah. This is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the factors that render us void when it comes towards these concepts of tadabbur and understanding lessons is a person reading the Qur'an who has a heart that is filled with sicknesses of the heart. Jealousy, hatred, envy, malice, and so on and so forth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not place that which is pure in a filthy place. If your heart is filthy, nothing pure is going to settle there. From the reasons that prevent us, O servants of Allah, is being sinful. Sins prevent us from achieving our capacities and achieving our potentials. And that is why the Salaf, the pious predecessors before us, went through great lengths in explaining to us the power of istighfar. By Allah, you can be going through a calamity. And with sincere istighfar, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens this calamity for you and you see periods of ease. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, he himself says that I would be presented with a question and the answer would elude me except that I would sit and in the most humble form seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and within moments Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens me. This was the way of the scholars. If you read their writings, they didn't have libraries like us. 
Today we have libraries and we research and we, we copy from this place and put it here and reference our information. These were scholars who wrote from their heads. We know Imam al-Sarakhsi al-Hanafi, he wrote al-Mabsut whilst he was sitting at the bottom of a well. They threw him into the bottom of a well to jail him. And Mabsut, which is about 30 volumes, if not more, depending on the print, was done whilst he dictated the notes to his students on top of the well. Where did, where did he have this ability to remember this? This is from a pure heart and lack of sin. And that is why Imam al-Shafi'i, and what will make you understand who was Imam al-Shafi'i? Imam al-Shafi'i, as some of the ulama say, was a man. If he read a page, he had to block the other page, so that he didn't memorize it by mistake. This Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah, he says, شَكَوْتُ إِلَىٰ وَكِيعٍ سُوءَ حِفْظِي فَأَرْشَدَنِي إِلَىٰ تَرْكِ الْمَعَاصِي وَأَخْبَرَنِي بِأَنَّ الْعِلْمَ نُورٌ وَنُورُ اللَّهِ لَا يُؤْتَاهُ عَاصِي Imam al-Shafi'i says, I complained to my teacher Waki' about my weak memory. La ilaha, la ilaha illallah. Weak memory? He's complaining to his teacher. So what does his teacher tell him? فَأَرْشَدَنِي إِلَىٰ تَرْكِ الْمَعَاصِي He advised me towards staying away from sin. وَأَخْبَرَنِي بِأَنَّ الْعِلْمَ نُورٌ And he told me that knowledge is light. وَنُورُ اللَّهِ لَا يُؤْتَاهُ عَاصِي and the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not descend upon a sinner. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Amen. So these are some of the factors that render us void. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his protection from it. And last but not least, as a resolution to this talk, I encourage one and all towards ensuring the progression of durus related to tadabbur al-Qur'an in our societies. Towards tadabbur al-Qur'an in our societies. I know I told you at the beginning that this topic is a strange one. It's not something we used to. And it's not going to free flow like the topics we used to and those iman boosting talks. But for me, this is iman boosting. Understanding the reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book, it is. And that is why when they shared the topics, I asked permission from Fanar to edit a topic. And at least include this topic of tafakkur and tadabbur, because today many of us lack understanding of the importance of this topic, and some of us lack the presence of this topic. If we count the amount of durus present around, we find durus pertaining to fiqh, and durus pertaining to hadith, and durus pertaining to aqidah, and this is all good. But count how many durus are dedicated towards the serious study of the ayat in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We need these lessons of servants of Allah. And as a resolution to this talk, I ask Fanar and I ask this community here and all those watching at home in your own communities, I ask you all to also ensure that you try your best to pave way towards the introduction of these durus. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala facilitate this for us. And to everyone here, I encourage you and I implore you that just as you have a relationship which involves reciting the Qur'an, with the Qur'an, and a relationship which involves memorizing the Qur'an, with the Qur'an, and a relationship which involves you listening to the Qur'an. I implore you to start a new relationship with the Qur'an. And this is the relationship of tadabbur. Take one ayah, or half an ayah, and get someone from the people of knowledge to explain it to you, and then sit and spend hours pondering over it. It says that Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, he spent 12 years just memorizing Surah Al-Baqarah. 
12 years. Today, mashallah, we have memorized the Quran in one month. Right? Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. 12 years memorizing Surah Al-Baqarah. And it is said that he took that long because he wanted or he spent time pondering over every ayah memorized. Pondering over it and then putting those lessons into practice, swallowing it, digesting it, making that ayah part and parcel of himself and then he moved on to the next ayah. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made easy for me to share with you all. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any mistake said is from myself and shaitan and everything corrected from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he is perfect. Once again, I thank you for your attendance. I thank you for your attentiveness as well. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite us in Jannah in the same way he has united us here today. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.